We all want to give. That's inbuilt. God has given it. We want to grow, to give, and be used by Him. And I think Operation Mobilization is providing a platform for people to be growing in the Lord, to be used in His kingdom, and to make a difference. Welcome to First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us as we go on location today and learn about Operation Mobilization's international ship ministry. We'll be visiting the Ministry Center in Florence, South Carolina. If you join us regularly, you know that we also post each week's interview online for listening anytime it's convenient for you. You'll find today's interview and many others online at firstpersoninterview.com. And we also enjoy hearing from you on Facebook. You can leave comments and suggestions at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Operation Mobilization has many facets to its worldwide ministry, and we've touched on just a few of them over the past year here on First Person. Well, today I want you to learn more about OM Ships International, an amazing ministry which reaches out to oftentimes hard-to-reach places with the gospel of Christ, bringing knowledge, help, and hope to millions of people. A few months ago, I visited the U.S. office of OM Ships International and walked through the giant supply warehouse with Hans van Behrman, president of the U.S. office. We are in our uh, ministry center in Florence, South Carolina, and we're in a uh, sort of warehouse-looking structure with uh, about uh, probably about 20 or no, many more, probably 100 tables stacked with books and Christian literature. And there's a group of volunteers working right now. This happens to be a local high school group who've come in to help sort and pack the books for distribution from this point around the world. Around the world, that's right. We, uh, we use different groups to sort, pack, and ship books really about, um, you know, between three and 500 packages all across the world. They go real, literally everywhere, that's right. But especially to our ship, the Logos Hope. And this is all part of Operation Mobilization from Florence, South Carolina to the world. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> well, Hans, tell me, what is your title here? What is your role? Well, I'm the president of the uh, OM Ships Florence office, the U.S. operations here, and I oversee fundraising and communication in the ship ministry of Operation Mobilization. But you're not native uh, to America, are you? No, that's correct. I grew up in a city near Amsterdam, and that's in the Netherlands. That's in Europe. That's where I was raised, actually, without any real knowledge of missions or God, really in a very secular, uh, you know, format, yeah. Well, before we talk more about Operation Mobilization and the ship ministry, um, tell me about your story. I, I want to hear how you came to Christ. I, uh, I grew up in a family, as I said, in the Netherlands, my dad and uh, four boys and a girl. And actually, I, was, uh, I had very limited knowledge of the gospel or Christianity or, or who Jesus was and what he meant. But as I grew up, I went like everybody else, fairly normal home. My dad had a business. I, uh, me and my brothers, we grew up in a, in a stable background, but uh, with really no understanding of why I was here. And actually, after my college graduation, that's when my older brother and I embarked on a quest for truth. We want to discover what is truth? How can you discover truth? What is the purpose of life? You were Where serious we about it. I mean, we were more than serious. It was the dominating topic for over, probably for two years, it really uh, captured us. My brother actually uh, quit his job and got on a motorcycle. We had a few motorcycles at home, and he actually spent three months solo focusing on finding truth as he went from place to place. And I was very involved in that as well. So it was a big deal. And did you find truth? 
Well, you know, he, he was actually the first one. When he was away on his motorcycle, he had taken several books to read as well. And we had many discussions about it around the kitchen table and him and me. And uh, as he traveled, he started to read the Bible. And he was very academic. You know, he was a thinker. And he read through the whole Bible, cover to cover, and the New Testament several bits, several times. And when he came home, we sat around the table again, of course. And he said, I found, I found it. And I thought, uh, well, what have you found? <laughs> and he said, in a, and that's literally what he said, in a little tent in southern France, I met the Lord Jesus. Oh. And I started, I, I, of course, did not know what that meant. And he said, through reading, he had discovered sort of the salvation order. And he explained to me, not that he fully understood it, but he said, we're sinners. And he said, Christ came. I mean, he just explained the gospel. So he was not discipled by any one person in particular. He just read the scriptures? You know, we were not aware of any real believers in our circle of friends. We came out of a Catholic background, a very sort of, I say it, a nominal Catholic background. And we had not uh, talked to anyone about the gospel. Nobody's explain us anything it was purely through reading scripture that's that says a lot about the power of the word doesn't it the power of the holy spirit through yeah. his word yes, yes. revealing yes. christ and that's what he did now of course you have to realize he was still uh, somewhat confused about different things because we went straight into the gospel of john <laughs> and of course two guys who really knew very little and just reading through also john 3 and what it means and of course these verses are being born again that's really what captured our imagination but when he told you he found the truth did, did that uh did, did that cause you to want to know what what he knew or well how did you react we we both established uh you know before he went on his trip that we were both very confused about what was really truth and, and when he came back, I actually didn't think, you know, that he really found the truth. I, I, I challenged it in many ways. And, and, and he, he uh, but, but he did. He was very persistent in it. So what we did is we embarked on a, by, uh, you know, him and me, about really focusing on studying Scripture. Because we said in the end, that's where it comes from, right? And also he started to talk to different churches. And, of course, if you do not know you know, if you know nothing, you first go to where you where, where you come from, your heritage. And that was the Catholic Church. So we went to some priests and we talked to them. And, and uh, we concluded both that, uh, I mean, that was our conclusion, you know. <laughs> he said they mean well, and they really do mean well. Sure, and, sure. and they have a good heart. But somehow they really don't get it. That, that was our conclusion. Mm-hmm. They really do not know. That was our conclusion based on what we saw in Scripture and our discussion Again, with them. evidence of the Holy Spirit working inside you. It it was uh, it was a journey. We didn't always know, you know, what you know how that all came together. But but we did. That was a journey where we really, uh, 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 you know, were 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 directed to the right path, as we said, you know. Okay, so you come to Christ in we, faith. You accept Him as yes, Lord and Savior. That's correct. How did your family react to that? Yeah, <laughs> that was a whole journey in itself because uh, because uh, you know we had many many friends, many people connected to us as well as a family, and of course you know when you have a lot of young young people. So we had for about a year and a half. Every mealtime and every evening, almost, we sat around the kitchen table and talked about faith. <laughs> and uh, it must have been very laughable at times. But, but that was the journey we were on. So we were reading scripture and we were reading some of the books that sort of came our way. And in these discussions, actually, my younger brother came to Christ. My sister and her husband came to Christ. My other brother came to Christ. His girlfriend came to the Lord. My mom came to the Lord. 
But my dad was a very busy businessman. He worked till nine every evening. So that that's uh, that's another story, and I yeah. can share that yeah. if you want to. Yeah. But but that but that we saw the Holy Spirit work in an amazing way. You're describing a, a story to me that could be made into a movie that would that would inspire a lot of people. That, that's a remarkable story. It is. Uh, it is especially if you look back. It is very remarkable. Of course, when you're in it, you think it's normal. You know, when you discover truth, when you find new life in Christ, that is your experience. So sure. that's the norms. So I thought that that should happen everywhere, and uh, and I was very radical. I mean, I I really. Uh, Embarrass my dad by pulling his workers over and sit him down and sharing the gospel and do open air meetings in our town. And uh, because once I came to really faith, it had been a journey of a year. So once I accept the truth and I, I sense also that new life in Christ, I was ready to share it with anybody the next yeah, day. Yeah. So that's that's what happened. I'm so glad to know that story. Uh, it, it it is a remarkable testimony to the power of God to reach into someone's life. And through, as you said, the Holy Spirit to draw you to him on a search for truth. It's, a, it's an amazing story. But how did you get connected then with the missions and operation mobilization and evangelism? And- well, as I found, you know, one night we were watching TV and there's an evangelical broadcast company in the Netherlands. and, and Evangelist Umarup. And, and, yes, uh, I've yes. been there. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Now, yeah, we, we had no idea in the beginning where to, where, you know, what to connect to. And my brother sometimes thought, you do think we were very, one of the very few that have discovered this? <laughs> I mean, really, because we were not in a network of evangelical believers at all. So, actually, what happened, we were watching TV. My brother called everybody in the house and he said, this man understands truth. And that was a local preacher. Later on, I got to know him. And, uh, and so we knew where to look. And then I, I got involved in an evangelical church. And that's when the first time I heard that the Logos, that the Logos had sank the old Logos. We'd lost the Logos on the rocks. And that the new ship was coming to Amsterdam to be renovated. And I thought, I'm going to check that out. Did you have an interest in, in, in sailing and ships and all that sort of thing? I, I did. I did. We, we, my dad had a bit of land and we had some sailing boats, some small open sailing boats. I, I was aware, but that wasn't a draw. For me, really, it was sharing the gospel. And I had another sort of, um, you know, after a few months, I, I really was very restless because after coming to Christ, I realized, okay, what is my mission? And I realized the mission of a believer really is to make that message known. So I was looking at opportunities. And when I learned about Operation Mobilization and the opportunities mm-hmm. that they give young men, I mm-hmm. was 23, to, to be involved was uh, when the ship came to Amsterdam. And I hooked up with them. And, uh, and I, uh, I came for two weeks. And that became two months and then two <laughs> years. And it is uh, over 20 years now. So you were on board for how long? I was on board, I came on board in 1989, and I spent three years on board the Logos 2. And that's where I also met my wife, actually, Good. on board. You know, what was British your first lady. job in that, on that first uh, okay. trip? That was renovation, and the ship was in Netherlands the first years. During the renovation, they said, we need a Dutchman to go to a local um, uh, workshop to make furniture. So I made all the beds, <laughs> all the wardrobes, all the book cabinets. I spent a year really in a Dutch workshop. And then at night I would come back to the ship with some of the things I made. And in the weekend we did evangelism. Amazing. That was my first year. Amazing. Just, and just quickly, tell me how you got then to the U.S. as is your current role as president of the operation here in Florence. I, uh, you know, we looked at uh, OM, is, is Operation Mobilization, very well known around the world. It's one of the largest and leading missionary agencies, but very unknown in the U.S. And yeah. as I looked at, we embarked on building a new ship for evangelism around the world, the Logos Hope, I saw 
you cannot attempt, that was my conclusion, to be involved globally and ignore the American church. That was the conclusion I reached. Again, we have people from all over the world, well-known, but not an American. I said, to enable to do that, we cannot do that from Holland or from Germany. We have to have a place in for the ship ministry in North America and really engage with North American believers because the, the know-how, the passion for missions, the resources that the American church has to really be globally involved is huge and we could not do without that. And that's why I said, let's look at the East Coast, that six-hour time difference from Europe and, and see if God opens the door. And God opened the door in Florence, South Carolina. You're here with us. And we'll continue this visit to the Ministry Center with Hans Van Beren coming up on this edition of First Person. We're learning about one aspect of Operation Mobilization today, but OM's overall mission is to mobilize people to share the knowledge of Jesus and His love with every generation in every nation. OM pioneers and leads initiatives to redeem lives, rebuild communities, and restore hope in over 110 countries. I invite you to support and pray for OM's missionary staff around the world. More information at firstpersoninterview.com. My guest on First Person today is Hans Van Beren, and we are in Florence, South Carolina, at the Ministry Center for Operation Mobilization, the ship ministry. And the ship is uh, actually headed to dry dock for some maintenance right now. Where is the ship? Hans? The ship right now, it came from Bangkok, and it's in Hong Kong right now. And this is uh, routine maintenance, something everybody everybody who owns a car knows. You've got to do the maintenance once in a while. It's no less true for a ship, is it? Uh, yeah, that's right. We have a big ship, of course, and uh, it needs to go into dry dock once a year for general maintenance when they look at all the valves. And this time, the propeller shafts need to be sort of renewed, so that's just a regular maintenance. Yeah. That sounds kind of expensive to me. It, it is, it is. It is a lot of money, and it truly is. But when you look at the size and scope of a million people a year coming on the ship, the ship is the home of 420 people. It's their house, it's their home, it's their transportation, and it is a ministry tool. So when you look at it that way, per person, it's actually not a very expensive, but when you look just at the ballpark figures, it is a big job. Give me a brief synopsis of the ministry of the Logos Hope. Um, it, it, how many ports of call in a year's time, and how many countries has it been in, and those sorts of things? Yeah, the ship has been in in, uh, in hundreds of countries around the world over the years. We've welcomed, I think, 42 million people on board our ships with the purpose of bringing the beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And, of course, they come, you have to see, it's like a, like a big cruise ship sort of type of ship, but it is not a cruise ship. It's really a ship that is focused in bringing the gospel. It's open for the audience. They can come on board, and they have a big ministry deck where they can roam around, meet a crew and staff, uh, purchase some books, have a cup of coffee, and, and take part in meetings. And in many places where there is no gospel witness, it is a tremendous opportunity for people that would not go to a church or have no access to a church, but they would come to a white, colorful ship with people from 60 different nationalities on board, ready to serve them and share their lives. Of course, Operation Mobilization, founded by George Verwer, who's always had a passion for great Christian books and literature, and that's a big part of what what's happening, even in this room that we're sitting right among 
thousands and tens of thousands of books right now. We believe in Christian literature. We know that uh, the Bible, of course, you know, is a book, and also Christian literature impacts the world. And there is a tremendous, really, there is an unbelievable need for Christian literature around the world. I think very few people understand that. In North America, if you want a book, you can just go out and That's buy right. it. Or, or you can go on an Amazon and buy it that way. That's right. But if you, if you live in some other place in the developing world, there's maybe one or two bookstores in the capital, and the prices are beyond the reach of the common man. And when we come in, people queue up by the thousands. We were just in Bangkok. 83,000 people came on board the ship in three weeks' time. That is thousands first-time visitors every day that we have a chance to communicate with, share the love of God with, and supply them with great Christian literature. It's an amazing evangelistic outreach is what it comes down to, isn't it? it? And, and that's, yeah. of course, the heart of it. It's just bringing that literature but really communicating the beautiful gospel with them. Yeah. Well, Hans, as we talk, let's walk down through the ministry center here because... Back uh, towards the center is a, a very special group of people with the ship in dry dock. That means that uh, the, those who would normally be on board are actually assigned here at the ministry center for we a while. We have a team of six people from the ship with us right now. That's correct. Okay. We're going to surprise her here. Young is working so diligently. And yes, we are going to come to you, Young. So I want to hear where you're from. I'm from South Korea. And you are here because the ship is in dry dock, and so you're doing land uh, land duty here. Yes. <laughs> why Why do you volunteer on the ship? Why Operation Mobilization, Young? Uh, because of mission, cause kingdom. Yeah. So that's why I commit for two years. Your country is a missionary sending country. I know that, and uh, you're you're one of those representatives. So thank you for what you're doing here. <laughs> It's amazing, Hans, to see these young people and their smiles and their commitment to Christ. It's beautiful to have so many people from so many different countries as well. We're very different, different cultures, background, but we have all have that passion to serve the Lord. Yeah. Selena is here with a clipboard working hard. And Selena, I'm going to stop you for just a moment to have you introduce yourself and where you're from. Yeah. Hi, I'm Selena and I'm from England. And you normally would be on board ship. What would, you, what would your job be on ship? Yeah, I work in book fair and I actually do product placement. So I'm responsible for deciding which books go in which area of the ship and uh, how they're displayed. So when the ship pulls into port, uh, the book fair is set up and people are invited on board. And are they given the books? How, how does the distribution take place? Yeah, the book fair is available for everybody to come on board and they can choose and select their books. There are some uh, free books, there's some free literature that is given in the local languages as well as English. When you first, how long have you been on board, by the way? Um, just over six months now, yeah. Had you ever been on a ship like that before? Never. I hadn't actually seen Logos Hope before. <laughs> so so how is, uh, how's life on board? I, I would imagine with what, Hans, you said 400 and some people on board at any one time? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. That's, that's a large community in, in close quarters, Selena. Yeah, it is. And uh, I'm, I lived on my own before, so I'm actually learning how to live with people. Um, I'm fortunate that I have a two-person cabin, so um, I get on very well with my cabin mate. So that makes things on board a lot easier. What's been the highlight so far for you in, in being on board for six months? What's really touched your heart? Um, I think there's there's two things. There's the, the ship community, the ship life, um, and the way everyone pulled together during our last dry dock, which was very long, um, and just seeing everyone work really hard and, and work well together as a team. That has been um, a real blessing to see. Um, and also in the different countries, getting involved in the local projects 
um, and just seeing the reaction that people have to the ship and also to the help that we can give and even just visiting a school or visiting a youth group. Um, the smiles that we get and the welcome that we get, it's, it's more than I ever expected. I would imagine you made a lot of friends uh, among the OM staff on board, but I'm, I'm guessing you've probably made some friends in these countries as well. Yeah, I have. Um, and in Hong Kong, um, there was a girl called Kitty. And uh, yeah, I managed to invite her to uh, an onboard Kaylee that we had, a Scottish dance. And she loved that. So it was great to meet her. So it's a cultural exchange, too. It is very much so, yeah. <laughs> All right, Selena, thank you for your service here. I'll let you get back to work. What are you doing, by the way? Uh, picking orders um, for the wholesale as part of the ministry here. Hans, where do all these books come from? They come from different Christian publishers around the United States and, and some from the UK as well. So uh, we buy a lot of the uh, remainder stock uh, from them. Uh, some are, books are donated as well, so free literature also. And we, uh, we sort it here and we, uh, we pack it and then uh, we, we ship it out around the world. And these orders she's picking is really our uh, orders that are international yeah. orders. All right, we talked to uh, someone from South Korea and from the UK. Who else do we have around here? They all kind of disappeared when the microphones uh, walked into the room. That, that <laughs> you know, the international team. I think they're all uh, they're all the other. Pl- okay, the other I see one more young lady over here. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you for your name. <laughs> Hello, my name is Yeti. From South Korea. South Korea, and how long have you been with OM? I have been with OM for one year and a half. But I just joined the Logosoft um, four months ago. Okay, so you've been on board a month, and now you find yourself in South Carolina in the States packing books. Yeah. Is that a surprise to you? Didn't expect I'm working here, but yeah, God put me here right now. Yeah. Flexibility is a key word, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to remain flexible when you put yourself in Christ's service. Well, thank you so much. God bless you guys for your service here. Hans, we've got a, a couple of minutes left. What does it mean to you personally to be involved with OM and, and the ship ministry, and how has it enriched your life, Hans? It, it has given me many opportunities. Of course, you know, I, I'm a normal normal young man from the Netherlands, and it gave me the opportunity to really discover my gifts, to see the world for what it is, really not as a tourist or passing through. And also, it gave me a real platform to serve the Lord Jesus. I think we're all called, and we all want to grow we all want to give. That's inbuilt. God has given it. We want to grow, to give, and be used by Him. And I think operation mobilization is providing a platform for people to be growing in the Lord, to be used in His kingdom, and uh, and to uh, to make a difference. And really, that's for me, that's been operation mobilization. I left the movement for three years, and I had to come back. I really felt that that was my place. Yeah. And now looking around this ministry center, you see over here to our right all these uh, high school volunteers. And right here on this end of the ministry center, we've got these uh, international OM uh, missionaries who are on assignment here briefly. And, and it, it, it really is fulfilling, I have to think, for you to oversee all this and to know that God is at work here. That's right. When we came, uh, you know, six years, seven years ago, there was nothing here. And to see today, you know, that we have a team, you know, about 35 people, and then plus, you know, the different teams and volunteers, it is beautiful to see what happened. And also, you know, the blessing. We see some real changed lives here as well, where people come to volunteer and they're really touched by, uh, yeah, by the gospel and the Lord Jesus. And that's, that's why we're here. That's why we do it. And according to the website for the ship Logos, it's now in the Arab country of Oman and soon will be in Qatar. Please pray for the ship and its volunteer crew who serve Christ so effectively in so many ways. 
And my thanks to Hans Van Baren and the staff there in Florence, South Carolina, for taking the time to show me around the warehouse and tell us all more about the ministry of OM Ships International. If you'd like additional information about what you've heard today, please visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com. We'll provide links to Operation Mobilization and its ministries, including the one we learned about today. Again, firstpersoninterview.com. And then don't forget to like us on Facebook, where you can leave a comment and interact with other listeners. You'll find us at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. It's fun to meet the various people who listen each week, so let us know you're one of them at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Next week, the first-hand account of a woman and her family who were deeply involved in the Mormon religion but found their way out by the power of Christ. Lynn Wilder's story next time on First Person. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. We'll see you next week right here for First Person. First Person.